0: CHAPTER SEVENTEEN OF THE PONY RIDER BOYS IN THE ALKALI This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Bill Mosley THE PONY RIDER BOYS IN THE ALKALI By Frank G. Patchett Chapter Seventeen On a Wild Horse Hunt A corral, constructed partially of brush on its wing ends and of canvas for the corral proper, had been erected in one of the wide sage-covered draws of the San Antonio Range. Across the opening of the corral, which resembled a pair of great tongs, the distance was fully half a mile. Bud Stevens had decided to place the trap for the wild horses here in this open space in preference to laying it in the mountains. There was more room for operations in the open, he said. Then again, the wild horses, as he knew from personal observation, were strong and full of fight. I guess we'll have to tire them all out before we can hope to get them in the corral he told his men after they had finished their work of preparation the wagon with the horse hunter's outfit had driven in late on the night following the battle of the stallions and early next morning the horse hunters accompanied by the pony rider boys and their own party started out to make camp in the mountains where they were to remain while the hunt lasted the battle which tad and bud had seen furnished a fruitful topic for discussion and the two were kept busy relating the story of the fight until long after midnight but while watching the battle bud stevens had not lost sight of the object of his trip into the mountains he had calculated exactly where the stock had found a mountain spring and it was from that point that the hunters were to start the animals on their trip to the corral The plan of operation was laid out with as much care and attention to details as a general would employ in planning a battle. The pony rider boys were to participate in the chase. They could scarcely wait for the moment to arrive when they would be given an opportunity to show their horsemanship. In the camp in the mountains, they were told with great detail just what they were expected to do. I think you'd better leave Chunky at home, warned Ned. He'll stampede the whole bunch just as you are ready to drive them into the corral. Chunky protested loudly. Guess I can stick on a pony as well as you can, he retorted. I'll vouch for that, smiled Tom Perry. He'll do, decided Bud. Now you fellows are all to string out in single file following me until we have circled the herd we should have them pretty well surrounded by noon at that time they'll be at the spring filling up when i'm ready to close in i'll fire a shot each of you will fire in turn so that everyone in line may be notified if the critters refuse to drive then we'll have to whip them into a circle and tire them out but first We must get them out on the open, no matter which way they go, then work them into the draw as fast as we can. The horse hunters nodded. They understood perfectly what they were expected to do, and the boys were to be scattered among the men at intervals instead of traveling together. It seemed very simple to them, but they were to learn that wild horse hunting was a man's task. Are we allowed to rope if we get the chance? Questioned Tad. Not during the run. Of course, if you see an animal escaping after we have rounded them up, and you can do so without losing any of the others. Rope if you want to. I reckon you'll have your hands full if you try it, concluded the horse hunter. Are you going out, Professor? Smiled the guide. No, thank you i think i shall remain close to camp and collect geological specimens the boys will get into just as much trouble if i go with them as they would were i to remain at home i suppose there is more or less peril in these wild hunts yes it's going some laughed bud but i guess none of them will get very badly knocked out if they obey orders and don't get in the way of a stampede. Those wild critters won't stop for nothing. A scout came in late with the news that the herd was less than five miles from where the hunter's camp was located. That makes it all the easier. We'll start at daylight, said Stevens. The plans will work out just right. Now you'd better all turn in and be ready for the hurry call in the morning. Next morning, all ate breakfast before the first hot wave trembled over the crest of the mountains across the broad desert. There was bustle and excitement in the camp. When ponies had been saddled, ropes coiled, and final preparations made, Bud Stevens looked his outfit over carefully, nodded his head, and mounted you boys don't want to do any shouting after we get out on the trail you understand he said we have to work quietly until we get them surrounded then you may make all the racket you want the more the better the pony riders nodded their understanding of the orders and the company of horsemen set out across the mountains they made a wide detour so as not to alarm any of the stragglers who might not have followed the main body of horses to the watering place for their noon drink? A careful examination of the trail showed that the angel and his band, as well as Satan and his few faithful followers, were well within the circle. We've got the whole bunch inside, exulted Bud, turning to Tad. Now, boy, do your prettiest. We want to bag all if we do i'll make you a present of any horse in the outfit how about the angel questioned tad with a twinkle in his eyes bud hesitated what bud Stevens says goes replied the cowboy the one who catches the stallion on these hunts however usually has the right to keep him if he wants to if you want the angel You got to rope and take him after we get them rounded up. No, I wouldn't do anything like that, laughed Ted. If I catch the angel, I'll make you a present of it. At twelve o'clock by the watch, they had completed the circle, or rather three quarters of a circle about the band of horses, leaving an opening toward the broad draw where the hidden corral had been located to trap the unsuspecting wild animals stevens drew his gun and holding it above his head fired two shots the signal was answered almost instantly by two shots some distance to their rear like the rattle of a skirmish line guns popped in quick succession the sounds growing further and further away as they ran toward the long slender line of horsemen to the eastward close in "'commanded the leader quietly. "'Ride straight ahead. "'Never mind me. "'I shall move further on before I turn. "'Good luck. "'Don't try to get in the way of a stampede. "'You can't stop them "'if they try it altogether.' "'I'll look out,' smiled Tad. "'Then they separated. "'Tad could not hear a sound "'save the light footfalls of his own pony.' the mountain ranges might have been deserted for all the disturbance there was about him he had ridden on some distance when a loud snort suddenly calls his attention to the right and ahead of him there stood the angel facing him angrily tad was so surprised at the suddenness of the meeting that he pulled his pony up shortly for a moment they stood facing each other then the wild animal with a loud scream of alarm turned and went crashing through the brush from the sound a few seconds later the lad knew that the stallion had gathered his band and that they were sweeping away from him at a lively pace here's where i must get busy laughed the lad the spirit of the chase suddenly taking strong hold upon him he touched his pony lightly with the spurs drawing in on the reins the little animal leaped away Tad, uttering a shrill yell to warn any of the other hunters who might be within reach of his voice, that he had started on the trail of the wild band. He heard a similar cry far off to his right, and knew that Bud Stevens had heard and understood. "'I believe they're coming back,' said the lad, realizing that the sound of galloping was plainer than it had been a few moments before. "'I wonder what I ought to do. I'm going to try to head them off if they come this way,' he decided all at once he saw the wild horses first from behind a huge rocky pile uttering a series of wild yells and whoops swinging his quirt and sombrero above his head the lad rode straight at the herd his pony seeming to enter into the full spirit of the fun to tad's surprise the leader of the herd deflected to the northward running along a line almost parallel to that which the boy was following tad pressed in the rowels of his spurs a little harder uttering a chorus of shrill yells. "'They mustn't get through,' he fairly groaned. "'They shan't get through. No, not if I ride my head off.' Suddenly a volley of shots sounded some distance ahead of him, followed by a series of yells, as if the mountains were alive with savage redskins. It was Bud Stevens. The wild herd had come upon him just as they were about to turn northward, and dive into the fastnesses of the mountains observing him they turned slightly to the west and continued on their mad course good boy bud shrieked draw up on him. draw up on him. thad did it was a race but a most perilous one to the boy it seemed as if the feet of his pony were off the ground most of the time his run having merged into a series of long curving leaps "'as it reached from rock to rock. "'Down a steep slope suddenly plunged the herd. "'Tad saw the flying pony of Bud Stevens "'directly abreast of them. "'The lad, apparently feeling no fear, "'brought his quirt down sharply on the flanks of his mount. "'The pony hesitated, rose, "'and took a flying leap fully ten feet down the mountainside "'before its feet braced sharply "'and thus saved pony and rider from plunging on over. Now Tad was yelling at the top of his voice, as that seemed the proper thing to do under the circumstances. The wild band was heading for the open, just as Bud Stevens had planned, but the fleeing horses were seeking to get out on the open plain where they might soon outdistance their pursuers. Tad and his pony went down that rugged mountainside as if the pony were a mountain goat. The boy never had experienced such a thrilling ride, and the jolts he got made his head dizzy. "'My, my, this is going some,' he gasped. Tad was shouting for pure joy now. When his mount landed on all fours among the foothills, he was not more than two minutes behind Bud Stevens himself. "'Great, great!' floated back the voice of the horse-hunter, who, turning in his saddle, had observed Tad's leaping, flying descent of the mountain. Tad admitted to himself that this was riding, and he compared it with the day he first rode his own pony up the main street in Chillicothe, Missouri. That ride, at the time, seemed a very exciting one. Since then he had acquired more skill, else he never would have been able to shoot, down the rugged mountain at almost express train speed. They were now out on the desert prairie. Bud was trying to point the leaders in to send them to the southward. Now that Tad was on level ground, he was able to put on more speed. Very slowly, indeed, his pony, straightening out to its full length, he drew up on the racing herd. "'Guess I better not yell any more till I get abreast of them,' he decided, "'which was good judgment, as Bud Stevens said to him afterwards. "'Lay back a little,' shouted Bud when the boy got too close. "'They're liable to dodge behind me at any second and break through our line.' "'Tad slackened his speed, at which the wild man drew away from him "'almost as if he were standing still. Then. He put spurs to his mount again, and drew up abreast of the trailers. At the head of the line, the horse hunter was fighting with the leaders, trying to turn them toward the place where the great corral was hidden. Suddenly, that which Bud Stevens had feared occurred. The white stallion's forefeet plowed the earth. Cowboy and pony shot by him, and the wily stallion slipped behind them followed by his band the angel headed off across the desert in the very direction that the hunters did not want him to go nail him bellowed bud tad needed no further command already his keen eyes had noted the move putting spurs to his pony he raced to the white stallion's side leaving bud far to their rear the angel sought in every way in its power to shake off the boy who so persistently hung at its side all at once the stallion reached over fastening its teeth in the neck of tad butler's pony tad however had been quick enough to foresee the move and had jerked his little mount to one side yet he had not done so quickly enough to save the bronco from a slight flesh wound slackening its speed the angel then made a vicious lunge at the lad's left leg biting right through the heavy shaps with which his legs were protected the boy swung his quirk bringing it down again and again on the stallion's pink and white nose until the beast unable to stand the punishment longer uttered a snort changing its course more to the southward i've turned him i've turned him shouted tad he had accomplished what the leader of the horse hunters Had been unable to do. Bud Stevens, far to the rear on the desert, tossed his sombrero in the air, uttering a long, far reaching yell of approval. End of chapter 17. Recording by Bill Mosley, Llano County, Texas, USA.